In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. You sounded like you weren't sure. Are you sure? Uh, yeah, yes. Uh, there's a, a measurable probability that I am your not-host, Evan. And there's a pretty solid possibility that I am your exiled cousin, Macaulay Culkin. I mean, oh no, I did a bad job. <laughs> no, that was great. That was a real good job. Uh, that was a good job. All right, Macaulay Culkin will be played by Ronnie on this episode, just so just so the IMDb is correct on this episode. Oh, good. Thank you for, uh, for laying that out for the people who are fastidiously taking notes. I care. I care about the scribes of the ending pending universe. Okay, before we get into Kings, by the way, Indie Pending is a shit podcast. We cover <laughs> shows that lasted for a single season. We're covering Kings right now. Before we get into Kings, I have a very important question for you. Ooh. Who would win in a fight? Uh-huh. A gorilla or a rhino? A gorilla or a rhino? What's the terrain like? There are equal parts, flatlands, and trees. Uh, are, do you mean like there's trees spaced out on a flat plane? It's in the danger room in the Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters. And the danger room is programmed to give each animal a fair shot. There's enough room for the rhino to charge and run around, and there's also enough trees for the gorilla to, like, jump around. Well, gorillas don't really, like, climb trees very well. That's not true. Every gorilla I've seen in a comic book or in a TV show, like, jumps around and, like, flies through the air. Mighty Joe Young did it. King Kong, Gorilla Grodd, Man uh, Who's the one from that new rock movie that's out? The Rampage movie? The, um, I mean, the gorilla from Rampage. Yeah. that. Oh, we're so topical. That movie just came out. All right, we've also um, dated the episode, so double-edged sword, I guess. Anyway, who would win in a fight, a gorilla or a rhino? Um, I'm going to say the gorilla. Well, okay, also, is it a uh, like an aggressive like silverback male gorilla that's all hopped up on testosterone or is it like an average ass gorilla both these guys want to kill each other and they're both the peak of their of their uh physical we got some alpha well, gorillas I, some alpha rhinos ask is because a smart gorilla would just be like uh i'm not going anywhere near that thing and would just evade it until it tired itself out these aren't no soy boy cuck <laughs> gorillas all right these are some alpha male gorillas um i think it's time I feel for you. dirty I yeah it's time for you to leave my house i gotta go uh forever i felt uncomfortable with that one no no <laughs> safe spaces with these gorillas <laughs> you guys are taking too long and i was waiting because my answer is a cheap answer i think the gorilla just hops on the rhino's back and it breaks out of the charles xavier school for gifted youngsters and then we are just like we as as a society have to deal with the evil we have wrought by trying to make these two fight it out that's a good answer. I was going to say like, gorilla because um, rhinos are really, really dumb. 
I'm like hardcore team gorilla. I expected one of us to choose Rhino and like to get some actual debate going here. Ron well, kind of ruined that. I mean, we have Rhino, I think. <laughs> Rhino, because he's I got don't that believe little you. That's, Yeah, you're just saying yeah, that now. Yeah, well, yeah, far I'm too little to, too late. I'm a people pleaser. What can it's I say? It's all good. It's yeah, all you, good, you are a people pleaser. Look at you go. Look <laughs> at you. Um, anyway, yeah, if, so anyway, if any of our listeners think Rhino, you're dumb, and Gorilla would win. Uh, yeah, so the gorilla wins. This is not, uh, this is a bad contest game. Yeah. Literally, when I was a camp counselor, I would pose this question, and, like, it got fierce debate all the time. I'm very surprised you both agreed with me. I feel like there are better animals, though, that could, like, go head-to-head. Like, I feel like... This is, like, I've brought this up at, like, every every place I've ever worked. I'm gonna posit, I'm gonna posit a theory. This is, might be a contentious theory, but I feel like a Republican would say that the... The rhino would win, and as Democrats, we're probably going to say that the gorilla would win. It's like a brute force versus yeah. brains kind of thing. Yeah, yes, yeah. And like, I don't. This just seems apropos to the psychology of the of the two groups. Yeah, maybe. Also, Republicans are real horny for pachyderms, so like, there's that. <laughs> they are. Um, is a rhino a pachyderm? A herd of gorilla or a herd of rhinos is called a crash, and that's why at our church we're not calling our small groups small group Bible studies. We're calling them crash groups because when you get a bunch of rhinos charging in the same direction, it's a crash, and you're going to charge in the same direction in your neighborhoods and bring everyone to Christ. What Uh, about a rhino versus a crocodile? uh, If it takes place in the water, the crocodile wins for sure. Rhino versus hippo. Rhino versus hippo is pretty... I think those are definitely are, both pachyderms. Hippos are fucking are, hungry. Yeah. Oh, but again, does it take place on land or in the water? Because in the water, uh, a hippo would definitely win. I think on land, a rhino would definitely win. You always got to say equal parts. It's got to be equal parts land, equal parts water. Well, then I would say down sure. to can the rhino wrestle the hippo onto the land or can the hippo wrestle the rhino into the water? I think the hippos and the crocodiles got that stealth element. Like, they can, like, yeah. l- lay pretty low, and then all the rhino has to do is kind of get over there. And then they're like, smow! Here, greater than symbol! And then they would chomp. They would chomp. Does anyone remember Crash Groups from, like, the early 2000s? Was that, like, was that just a me I thing? I think you just it made that up right certainly not no, that a was, Catholic I, thing. That was, a, that was a thing circa, like, 2006. Catholics Protestant don't really... Thing? It was absolutely a Protestant thing. Okay, Catholics well then, don't yeah, really evangelize. They're very insular. Catholics so, also yeah. have too much self-respect to refer to a Bible study as a crash group. Yeah, we also uh, don't read the Bible, so... There's that, too. Oh, at my school, we did. We read a lot of other stuff as well, but we did read the Bible. Just stories. Just got those stories. It was the best stories. I read the Bible now, and it's like, yeah, this is stuff is just built around the good stories that I already know. <laughs> That's all this super... Anyway, uh, speaking of the Bible... <laughs> We've been going for all the way back 10 minutes and 42 seconds. Somehow. What show are we talking about this week, Evan? We're talking about Kings. This is the very last Kings show. Everybody give me a sigh. Oh, This show's been so good. It's, it it has. has been. Um, yeah, we're, we're all very disappointed to be at the, the very last uh, Kings show. Uh, Kings so cast. Guess, 2018. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I'll do that thing I do where I give you guys a synopsis, even though do you it. already watched it. We watched it, but Lazy truth asses. be told, 
It was a long time ago, and I'm going to yeah. need this recap. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So we watched episodes 11, 12, and 13. 11 is called Javelin. 12 and 13 are called The New King Parts 1 and 2, respectively. So in episode 11, uh, Silas freaks out that David is going to like basically usurp him somehow and has him tried for treason and uh, fabricates all this evidence and has Jack prosecuting him because Jack's kind of riding along with it because he's like, oh, all right, we get rid of David, we get rid of my dad eventually, then I'm going to be king next. Um, also, Michelle finds out that she's pregnant with David's kid from that one time they had sex, which, like, talk about a shitty payoff. Like, you get laid one time and you instantly get pregnant. What the fuck? Um, but... Anyway, uh, so she's going to testify in his defense uh, because, like, she was with him on the night he was supposed to have done all this treason, uh, and then her mom convinces her not to to protect her and her uh, David's baby, and uh, so did did Jack call out Silas at the end of this one? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so right at the end, as the case is about to come crashing down and David's about to get sentenced to death, um, Jack has like a crisis of conscience and he like proclaims that this is all a fraud and he uh, accuses Silas of being a dictator and setting up all this crap and uh, like... Falsifying everything. Yeah, falsifying everything. And uh, Silas flips out. Uh, so that's basically... I, he throws David back in prison and is going to have him like secretly killed. Um, and then in episode 12, uh, Jack, who's still buddy-buddy with... Um, Alex. It's William. His first name is William. We keep saying it's Alex. We are so Alex bad Cross. at the name of the Cross family. It, we are consistently terrible. Is it not Alex this. Cross? No, it's, it's not William. Alex. Is no. there anyone named Alex? No. Have I just mm-hmm. made up a character? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I be Alex? If you wanna, I guess. The other, the other Cross child who's there's, exiled uh, someplace else. There's Cross and bigger Cross. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, um, Cross is like Jesus. <laughs> was that no. something they were going for Andy why did you not bring this up in the bible corner <laughs> not just because something can tangentially be connected to something in the bible doesn't mean it's like an illusion or a reference I don't know, I don't know. Evan, Evan why don't you keep going on this one I'll think about this cross thing anyway like I was saying uh, yeah Silas has thrown David in jail uh Jack and uh, William Cross uh, like conspire together to basically like they've they've realized that public opinion is is really against Silas because of this freak out where he was accused of uh, framing David, which he did do, and then he like when confronted with that information, he flipped his shit, and everybody was like, "Oh wait, he actually is a crazy dictator." Um, so, uh, William Cross and Jack, uh, basically 
set up this assassination and uh, everyone is like led to believe that Silas is dead. Um, but in fact, uh, William Cross was like paying the dudes driving the ambulance and they were going to like, I assume like throw him in a ditch and shoot him a couple more times just to be sure. And uh, he escapes. Silas is not in fact dead. And he, uh, he and um, Thomasina, his assistant, like murder the guys driving the ambulance. And so Silas is alive out there somewhere after having survived an assassination attempt. In uh, episode 13, even though they know that Silas is probably alive out there somewhere, uh, Jack goes ahead with his coronation um and oh by the way uh david does not get shot jack and william cross get him out of that situation they they kill all the firing squad guys for him um so yeah jack jack ascends to the throne uh but william cross is controlling all of his shit so that he can't actually make any decisions and he is real mad about it, but he's stuck in this scenario now. Uh, and David, realizing that this is a big, 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 big problem, uh, goes out to find Silas. He finds Silas. He brings Silas back. They roll into the city with some tanks that Gath lent them and, like, retake the country, basically. It's it's awesome. Saul, or Silas, attacks David, and David, like, beats the shit out of him. Oh, right, then, right. And uh, then goes to Reverend Samuels, and Samuels is like, bruh, you, like, you gotta go hide in Gath. And then, what's her name? David's lady. Michelle. Michelle. Michelle, like, goes back to Silas and Rose, and Rose is like, you're exiled for one year, a.k.a. nine months. So that way she can have her baby without Silas killing it in secret. And what happens to Jack is Silas puts him under essentially house arrest, imprisons him in the palace with that kind of annoying fiance he has with the intention of like, you have to stay under lock and key and fuck this woman that you don't love and aren't attracted to to give me a grandson who I will then rip from both of you and raise uh, to be my heir. And I'm not going to screw up my grandson like I screwed you up. And that is like the most horrific thing I can think of. Uh, uh, It's just terrible. (laughs) Like Jack is essentially going to be raped until he produces an heir for Silas. I, I feel like they're both being raped in yeah. that scenario. Like, neither of them are really willing to be under these circumstances. No. Yeah. And to Jack's credit, like, he doesn't, like, it, it's shown that, like, he does not care about this person at all. She is, like, totally just here for, for convenience. But, like, at that moment, he's like, she has nothing to do with this. Like, yeah. get her out of here. Like, she does not have to be, like, tied up in all this. Like, in I this- still don't think she understood what was happening. Oh, no. Yeah. She seemed pretty dim. Silas is the king, so he's a good guy. It was just like the vibe I got from her the entire time. And it's just like, no, you don't understand what's happening with this family. Was just like, think about these last three episodes with Katrina Dent being 
in the mix. Like it would have been, there's so much more to work with. And like, I'm yeah. still bummed that she's not a part of it at the end. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um, after all three of these past episodes, it's the last of these three episodes. Andy. Yeah, Ronald. Did these three episodes work for you? Oh boy. Yes, they did. <laughs> yes, they did. Um, Without getting too, too specific, these episodes were really stressful, and you didn't know what was going to happen, and even with knowing the Bible, I wasn't sure how they were going to end the show and, like, land the plane, but it landed really well. It set up great for season two, but even with it only getting one season, I feel like it's still a really satisfying conclusion, and... All the characters had really badass moments. Michelle was awesome. Rose was awesome. Silas was awesome. Jack was awesome. Thomasina was freaking awesome. Everyone was rad. Even David. Even David mm-hmm. did some things that were cool. Evan. Yes, Ronnie. Did these three episodes work for you? Oh, they, yeah, they did. They did. I'm going to disagree with Andy a little bit in that I was not satisfied. I desperately want more. Like, I, I, de- I so, like, if they still were making this show, I would still be watching it, like, to this very day. It would be something that I would actually pay money on, like, Amazon or something to get the episodes of each week. We don't have TV. We just have, like, streaming services. But, like, ugh, ugh. I'm so mad that we never got a second season, and I'm so mad this show got canceled. And, uh, yes, these three episodes were excellent. The everything it it really felt like a season finale it was really grand and really epic and everything all of the political intrigue like twisted and turned in good ways it was just a good good show it was a good season finale Ugh. yeah anyway that's this is my opinion <laughs> uh ronnie yeah uh did did these episodes work work okay for you? They did. Like, and I, I don't mean to sound so unenthusiastic and upset about that, but like, I I was thinking this this show is probably gonna work for me all the way through. Like, I figured overall it's gonna work, and I thought maybe there would be like three episodes in here where it kind of like didn't cut the mustard. You know what I mean? But now all of them, they were just stellar. They were fantastic, and uh, it's almost unfair. Like you're, yeah. you're going through looking for stuff to be mad about, just so right? that you don't sound like you're a broken record talking about well, how great it is. But well, also because we want to find out what went wrong. Yeah. Um. And and I mean, I know that there are some stuff behind the scenes and things like that, but on the on the level, uh, you know, where this show is concerned, I don't want to spoil the ending of this of this episode of the podcast. Uh, but yeah, they're, the cracks didn't show on the screen, I'll say that much. Whatever was going wrong didn't, didn't manifest itself on that, uh, on that small screen. Um, but we can, uh, we can talk about all the things that are great later, because we do a compliment sandwich over here, and it's time for that negative, negative meat. Um, <laughs> Don't ever refer to anything as negative meat. <laughs> negative ever. meat. Negative me. Anyway, um, Evan. Yeah. What about uh? What about these three episodes? 
didn't work for you? Oh, the only thing that like kind of bothered me was uh, Jack's very abrupt descent into totalitarianism. Uh, I think that I and granted, it, even so, even though I'm complaining about it, I have to like give the caveat that I definitely understand that emotional journey that the show was trying to show us. Like a mere few days earlier, he was saying like, we can make real change. Like, this is my opportunity. I'm going to be a good king. I'm going to be a better king than my dad was. And then like, he realizes that William Cross has all the power and is using him as a puppet. And he, his brain like breaks in half and he's like grasping for power in any way he can get at it. But, um, it was, uh, it was jarring and a little heartbreaking to see him go from this person who was deeply flawed, but, uh, still in many ways hopeful and idealistic. Uh, like, he clearly believed himself to have some power to, like, do the right thing. Uh, and then mere days later, some guy insinuated that Silas was, was still alive and Jack immediately had him shot in the head. Like Jack did not even personally shoot him. He had another dude shoot him in the head. And like, it was just such a, a stark turn. But honestly, like I said, it's not like I don't understand why the show did it that way. It just was not my absolute favorite thing. So that's that's really my my only big negative for these these three. Andy. Yeah. It's your turn. Um So I don't think the show did enough to show David's popularity with the common people. And I think that would have made this finale stronger if David had truly been a champion of the people. Because that's the main reason from Silas towards da uh, like David and Jack is that the people love David. And we just didn't really see that throughout the season. And I still could not get behind Security Guard and Thomasina. And I really love the bit with the security guards where they choose to help David. I thought that was like a really solid bit and it was good payoff for those two kind of like bumbling characters to then represent the the common people like rallying behind David. But the security guard and Thomasina, I just didn't, it didn't do anything for me. I, I thought it felt really forced. If it had just been a crush and stayed there, I, I would have been fine with it, but to to have them then interact and Thomasina seem like flattered by it was was too much for me. I know what they were trying to do there. They 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 shoehorned that in for one reason, and that reason was so that the security guard could, because she asked him like, uh, "Do you think I'm good no matter what I do?" And he basically said, "Yeah, like I'm in love with you." So. Like, even if you think you're doing something bad, like, 
I, I still, I still think you're the best. And which in itself that, is not also not a great message. <laughs> like, no, no, not it's great, not. But like, that moment was framed as what sort of uh, like pushed her over the edge in her decision to like continue to side with Silas, even though she like knew he was really fundamentally a bad person and she was having a moral conflict about whether to remain loyal to him or not. And like, that was like the tipping point there as she was talking to that security guard and she asked him like, no matter what bad things I do, would you still, would you still be in love with me? And he said, yes. Uh, and then she goes off and like helps Silas murders a bunch of paramedics yeah so like it was a shitty lead up honestly but that i i like i identified that moment i'm like oh yeah they were setting up that whole thing just for that one thing and i feel like they could have done that a whole lot better like the, yeah. that one payoff moment was was pretty good but it, yeah Anyway, those are those are my two things. I think they should have laid more groundwork for David being a champion of the people, and I I didn't like the security guard bit. Anyway, Ronnie, what about you? Um, yeah, I don't want to harp on the security guard thing too much, but I do just want to add another point. Like, I agree with Evan that like it gave like something to Thomasina's character, and I guess I don't know what I want because I it it helps make sense. If there's any interaction, like, earlier, like, more than just her, like, telling him what to do. But then they kind of lose their Shakespearean clown effect by just kind of being on the outside looking in. Um, like, I like the fact that on a pretty predominantly white show, a black woman is shown as, like, attractive and somebody that somebody wants to be with, which is a rarity in, in media. So, like, I don't want to completely take that out of it. Um, but by the time we hit episode 11, and I'll talk about this more later, this is a show about Jack or yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is a show about Jack and I only wanted to see Jack and any time we weren't watching Jack is time I was like, Oh, and so especially when we're with the security guards, I'm like, let's get back to Jack. Like I, like I, I, I liked the part where they like opened the gate for David was cute. But it it I it was pretty unnecessary to me when I when I thought about like what we were missing instead of that. Um, so that was. I'm gonna defend the gate moment real quick. Go ahead. So David needs to get out of the palace, mm -hmm. and if you just have the security guards open the gate, it's a perfect wrap up from like all of their bits in uh, the two part season premiere. Yeah. And, like, if that's all they do and if that's all that we had seen of them in that episode, it would have been rad. Mm -hmm. It would have been like, oh, shit, those two dudes who, like, have had, like, a couple of jokes scattered throughout this entire 13-episode season would have been perfect. But the fact that they also then had to be that, like, linchpin for Thomasina, I think, brings down the gate. Yeah. If you just had the gate scene, I think it would have been very well done. Right, right, right. right. But they, over, they, over, they definitely overstayed their welcome, giving them two big scenes in this finale and that's the thing like w w with whatever you were talking about with thomasina and giving her like the validity to do what she's doing the fact that that's coming from an absolutely nothing character in the plot like i would have so much rather that came from someone with a little more clout 
Like, it should have been Samuels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like He's been really, the moral compass of this whole show. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, it was, it was not bad, just a little bit mishandled and misguided as the way that they constructed that. I have two more quick things. Uh, one that is like, just I can pass over and one that is absolutely unforgivable. Um, the first one, writers in like movies and TV show have to find a better way to like foreshadow that a woman is pregnant other than just like, she's kind of nauseous and had to sit down for a second. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like. Oh, I'm just not feeling good. It's like, all right, well, I know you're pregnant now. It's just like, like the same way when like anyone coughs in like a movie. It's like, oh, they've got cancer. <laughs> like, they've it's, got it's, the consumption. Yeah, it's 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 so like on the nose, and it's like we just have to like all get together and decide a, a like a list of ways we can do that, and that's not just always the one. Um, the last thing, and this is gonna harken back to uh, to some Spaghetti Gate stuff. Um, uh, Silas and, and Samuels are going through the supermarket, which they have like bought out for the day. Like no one else is there. Silas is is complaining that like it's not the same. Like he likes like the crowds, and he says you don't have to fight over the good honeydew. And what he has in his hands is a cantaloupe. And later in the scene, he offers Michelle a piece of cantaloupe, which assuming is is the same cantaloupe he just bought. Like, it's orange. It's not like I missaw, like, the texture of the cantaloupe. It's an orange piece of fruit, piece of melon. Silas does not know the difference between a honeydew and a cantaloupe, and it really miffed me off. I watched that episode, that, that, that like, scene, like, three times to make sure that I was not, like, off base. I am not off base, and this is absolutely unforgivable that no one would be like, hey, Ian, uh, hey, Ian, what you got there is a cantaloupe. Was, that's a, that's was a Jack on screen? Uh, during, not when he, not when he said, uh, honeydew, no. Damn. Yeah. So in the Bible, uh, Jack loses his call, like his claim to the throne when he eats, a uh, honey. He eats some honey from wild bees hmm. and God is like, can't be king now. <laughs> Wait, what the fuck? That's a real arbitrary law. Guys. Yeah, that but, is a yeah. very, so. Wait, is this like a, a kosher Thing. Uh, it was Sabbath. His men were like he was starving. To I remember death. this. I remember he, this now. Yeah, like him and his men were marching, and like he was like they were crazy hungry, like in that food, and like he was like, oh shit, some honey from wild bees. That's rad, and like goes for it, and uh, God was like, ooh, that was the Sabbath though, and <laughs> uh, you can't be king now. Wow, and, Old Testament um, God was like. Petty as fuck. He had some opinions. Um, I feel like that's also just one of those things where it's like, oh, guys, we need to find out a reason why he can't be king. Uh, yeah, well, I'm sure. I'm sure in the like Hebrew uh, mindset, that was their like ad hoc logic. Like, what did he do wrong? What did he do wrong? Oh, what? Why did God curse him? Must have been that honey. <laughs> Must have like, been that honey. <laughs> that good, so, good bee juice. So this entire show, I've been waiting for like a scene of Jack eating honey or something like that. And I haven't noticed it, but I wonder if honey Dew was the like writer's way of being like, Oh shit, we never mentioned honey this entire season. Like just, just in, we know it's a, we know it's a, a melon, but just call it a honey Dew. Like that'll be like our quick little. 
Jack was definitely in the room when he offered the cantaloupe slash honeydew to Michelle and she rejected it because she's like, how could you do this to David? Um, that was know. her securing, I think, her yeah. right to the throne. There. I don't know. That that's all well and good. If Why did it they was, not Google what a honeydew looks like? That's what I'm like, saying. Like, there's like, somebody on that set who has but, had honeydew and has had cantaloupe, and is like, "Hey, Ian, not the same thing." M- Michelle, Michelle turning down honeydew with Jack in the room, I think, is definitely the writers being like, "Haha, she she is just. She yeah. did not eat the the cursed honey." I could um, see that. I could see that. How, if it was however, a green I'm sure they were also honeydew. like. I'm sure they were also like, fuck it, no one knows what a honeydew or cantaloupe <laughs> is. Like, just do it. This guy knows. This guy loves him some cantaloupe I and know loves what? him some honeydew. I love honeydew. I don't love cantaloupe so much, but I fucking know the difference. They are right? drastically different. They are, yeah. in fact, opposites on the color wheel. Orange yep. and green are, like, way far apart from each other. Yeah. We've definitely spent too much time talking about this, but it was definitely, like, one of the big negatives for me. Um <laughs> Of this episode, but we can move on. We can move on right this second. Uh, good Evan, stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. What about these three episodes worked for you? Oh, Sebastian Stan is such a good actor. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Uh, Before like, we actually do our positives, do we all just want to say what we loved about Sebastian Stan, and then like, yes, like each yes. say have, what yes. we enjoyed, and then the, we can go the, into our positives. I have one scene specifically that I want okay. to like. I like um, that. Uh, so when Jack comes back and is, quote, begging forgiveness from Silas, and Silas tells him to, like, kiss the ground that I walk on, Jack's face via the beautiful vessel that is Sebastian Stan is going through, like, 500 emotions at once. Like, in the few seconds that that scene goes through, like, the like the perfect the way he is able to communicate exactly what Jack is feeling and the like incredibly complex like shame and anger and regret and like humiliation and resignation and like the the insane like safe cracker dial of emotions that he cycles through like in those few seconds of dialogue and then those few seconds of action is absolutely insane and like give the man an oscar that was an incredible scene silas's line too of that's the second time your mother gave you life was a really good line Mm -hmm. hats off to the writers there Mm -hmm. yeah andy what, what what just did you just knocked you out about sebastian stan um when he confronts Silas in the courtroom about like rigging the trial and shit, and uh, Silas calls him a fag, like oh. that was like excruciating, and you saw it on Jack's face of like never did he think Silas would go that low and publicly out him, and Silas is just reaching at straws because Silas sees his kingdom slipping away, and he's like, if I drop this, then Jack will never be king. And that, like, to see Jack, like, recoil for a second, like, he got punched, and then, like, reset his determination to overthrow Silas was great and heartbreaking and very painful. Jack's enthusiasm that he thinks that things will be different under him, and, and for all intensive purposes, like, 
Jack, during this entire arc, is still very much a redeemable character. Like, he never goes full Snape mm-hmm. with his, like, touch with darkness. Like, even when he has that dude murdered, which, you know, that's, that's like, the one bad thing he does. And everyone, like, we can overlook one murder. Um, <laughs> but, like, he wants to work with David because he knows David is righteous and he knows David will keep him on the straight and narrow. He wants peace with Gath and he's constantly fighting for peace and arguing with Cross for peace. Like Jack would have been a better king and a better ruler than Silas. Silas was a dictator and a really bad dude, even though he was likable and charismatic and charming. And uh, it's a shame that like Cross ruined this because Jack would have been a great king. And Sebastian Stan really sells that in Jack that, Jack wants what's right and sees this as his opportunity. And my final moment of just like heartbreak and beauty with this show and specifically Jack was Jack's scene with Rose right after Silas's quote unquote like death and Rose is like, what are we going to do? And Jack's like, I'm the king now and we need to sell it. Like, this is what you've always said, mom. We need to be the royal, like we need to be who the peasants need us to be. And that scene with Rose where Rose is like, oh shit, like my son is a man and is like the head of the family now and is making all these calls was really, really compelling. And it was cool to watch as Rose is also running through the, uh, as Evan said, the safe cracker turning dial of emotions and trying to figure out like, which number do I land on to get out of this alive? And which number do I land on to get my, my family through this? was really great acting from, um, what's her name? Thompson? Something Thompson for Rose? Yeah, her last name's definitely Thompson. Yeah. Suzanne Suzanne Thompson, yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal job as Rose. These were definitely her strongest episodes. And, uh, again, Sebastian Stan knocked it out of the park. Ronnie. Yeah? I did enough ranting about Sebastian Stan. What about you? Oh, I am... Big fan of Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Stan. I'm a Sebastian Stan Stan. I'm a Stan Stan. Um, what does that mean that you just... You, that wasn't a real thing that you said. No, it's a Stan. Like, a, it's Stan is a stalker fan. That, never heard that's that a word before. that you never heard up. that? Yeah. Oh, you, the internets are going to love it. Yeah, it's a Stan. Like, oh, they're standing for him. Like, that's... I'm a big Stan Stan. Anywho, um, I feel like, like what you said, Andy, with, with that line... Uh, from Ian McShane of like this the second time your mother gave you life like I feel like the writers gave all the great lines to Ian McShane and they gave all the great reactions to Sebastian Stan like anytime like it was just like him dealing with a situation or him running through circumstances in his mind you felt every moment of pain or joy or just like tumult that was going on inside of him um, like the scene where they mention that um, Silas might be alive. You can see this twinge in his face of like relief for a second because it's like, oh, I don't have to do this. And then it's like, oh, no, wait, he's going to straight up murder my ass. Like this is this is all <laughs> bad. Like it, you just saw that like that 30 seconds of emotion in like half a second in his face. And when... Uh, Michelle and Rose refuse to, I guess it's be quiet or refuse to stand or whatever for 
you know, him as a king or for whatever William wants him to do. And he, um, or right after he has I the guy shot in the head. Mich- Michelle says that uh, he's worse than Silas. Right. And he, like, sends the guy to point a gun at her. Right, And she right. just, like, stares him down. Right. Yeah, and in that moment where, um, you know, Michelle and Rose walk out of the room seemingly unfazed, you can see, he, like, he breaks. It's not as if he's just, like, good, you're gone. It's like he breaks down in a manner of, like, I have, I don't have the control that Silas did. And also, like, if I can't make my family be in line, like, what am I going to do? And also, like, I don't want to do this to my family. Like, it, it just, like, these waves of emotions that's coming through to him. It's just, like, you see it all play out. And, like, and like I said earlier, I wanted Sebastian Stan to be on the screen the entire time. This this show was about Jack these last three episodes. And so I, that that's just, like, a testament to, like, how fantastic he was. And, like, you know. Reverend Samuels ain't no slouch. Ian McShane certainly ain't no slouch. But, like, I wanted to see Sebastian Stan the entire time and see what he was working through. Um, Couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So now let's go on to our non-Sebastian Stan positives. (laughs) The rest of our likes. Which, honestly, a lot of my positives are still probably going to be pretty Sebastian Stan-centric. So, yeah. Which is fair, uh, because, like you said, these three episodes were really about Jack. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Uh, Sebastian Stan was carrying a ton of the drama and a ton of the plot like on yeah. his shapely, shapely shoulders. Oh, what a guy. I've been seeing him in a lot of like the Avengers, Avengers Infinity War like press coverage and stuff, and it's just like, oh, oh my, my, my good Sebastian Stan, you've come so far. No one could have brought depth to Bucky and the Winter Soldier in the way that Sebastian Stan did. Because that mm-hmm. man can do so much yep. without saying anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Terrific. Absolutely face. terrific. What a good face. Even And even in Winter Soldier when he's like got half his face covered for a large part of it. It's still Just like his those eyes. Those yeah. eyes like it, they tell a story. Windows to his beautiful soul. Um, Evan. Yes, Ronnie. What about these three episodes that is not Sebastian Stan related worked for you? Um, I do like how they they brought Reverend Samuels back in. Um, uh, I think he's a real compelling character, and I I do like the way his story wrapped up. I liked that um that supernatural element at the end where we clearly saw him get shot and die on the floor, presumably, and then uh, when David turns up. He's like, they call for him and he's there, like looking fine with no explanation. That was real cool. I liked it. Uh, I honestly really like that David didn't become king. I I kind of low key thought that's was that's what was going to happen with the title of the episodes and all that. I was like, ah, okay, we're we're transitioning into you know we're we're following the Bible right along now. Uh, David's going to become king. Um, but I, I do still think that, uh, David is the weakest character in this whole thing. So the fact that we got more Silas and more Jack was like, ah, yes, that's just what the doctor ordered. Yes. More political family drama. Embroil us in it some more. Um, yeah, it was just, it very, like I was saying in my, uh, my little overview at the beginning, uh, it was a really good payoff the the tension was real real heightened the there was more action there was more uh 
political intrigue. There was more character development. It was it was so good. Everything was so good. All right, let's move on to somebody else. Uh, Andy. Yeah. What worked for you? So, I really loved Silas's vision and like his talk with God uh, at the end mm. there. Yeah. And realizing that David will be king and just like fucking losing it. Like he worked so hard to get his kingship back from his son. And then God says, no, I'm giving it to David. And Silas goes full Saul from the Bible. Like Saul becomes very unhinged in the Bible. And we hadn't seen Silas go to that, that dark depth yet. We've seen hints of it and we've seen foreshadowing of it, but we finally saw it. And see, David beat the shit out of him was really satisfying. Um, and then the the theme of be brave now kind of being brought back. Like, no one said those words again. Like, we didn't need uh, Judah to say it again or David to say it again. But we saw each of the characters choose to be brave now. Uh, we saw that with Michelle standing up to Jack. We saw that with Jack standing up to Cross and, and standing up to Silas. We saw that with David repeatedly with everything. And um, even refusing the kingship with Samuel. Samuel's is saying, like, you got to be king. And David is like, no, I don't want that. And then kind of resigning himself to it and readying himself for it. We saw it with Rose and Thomasina. And to see each of these characters have their, their moment where they can choose to be afraid and fall into their routine or to step out and step up and each of them choose to do it. And I think it's a really, really compelling theme of it's easy to, when you've done something cowardly or you've done something uh, that you're not proud of to just resign yourself to it and be like, Oh, well I've done it once, you know, that's marked me, but no, you can always choose to be brave now and to see the characters accept that was, was really cool. What about you, Ronnie? What did you like? It was all really good. Like, I, I feel like I have more negatives about this chain of episodes than before, which is why I was like, oh, maybe it's maybe it's like not working, but like it's still working so much. Um, someone we haven't really talked about a lot on the show is the old king, King Vesper, I think his name is. Um, at this point, at late when when uh David is thrown in prison before he's executed his his cell is directly next to the old king um and it's after the scene we have between um Silas and the old king where he's saying like oh it's way better to be to be feared than it is to be loved you have to like rule with an iron fist you should be a dictator you should be all these things and i was like that's kind of weird. Like, I don't like the brutality of this king. And like, it, it just seems like he's, he's, he's just playing into Silas's hand. And then when he talks to David, he's like, oh, yeah, I was screwing with him. Like, he's going to be mad when he gets back. But, like, I was just messing with him. Like, it's way better to be loved than it is to be feared. Don't let anyone tell you different. Like, and it was just like, I like his brutality through the entire series just is, like, so much stronger if, like, the entire time he's just, like, playing a game with Silas the whole way and like all the advice that Silas is giving. He's the only person who like will tell him the truth, but like this entire time he's been lying to him just to get a rise out of him. And it's like, it's so good. It's yeah. so good that this character has been trolling him the for his entire like 
reign is king. Like it's 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 so well done. Like 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 even those moments where I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't love how that's going, and it's like the show's like, no no no, hold on, it's gonna be good. Silas has been pretty static as a character. I don't. That's not true. He's been dynamic, but he hasn't been outrageous as a character. He's been uh, metered. He's been very tempered. He hasn't um, shown a lot of growth. Right. He's right. well established in who he is as a right. as a as a man as an adult as a kid. And he th- and he throws back and forth between like, oh, we got to kill David. Oh no, David's great. Like he, he like he stays dynamic in that way. But to your credit, your point, Andy, like when like he has that moment with God, that 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 message from God is just like it breaks him. And at that moment, he is a completely different character. It almost like threw me off because I was like, this just seems too dynamic. And then I remember like the scene that he had, like what what instigated that. And it's like, oh, like it, it's 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 a completely different show at that point. Like that's season two. If it can, you know, we'll talk about our, our pitches and all, but like if it continues along that path, like unhinged Ian McShane, just like wrecking shop trying to find David is, is it's haunting. Like it, it, it's terrifying. This would have been like a horror show in its second season. And they just, they just did such a good job wrapping it up as best they could. I agree with Evan. Like there were a lot of things left un, undone. And I, I definitely felt left unsatisfied just watching david kind of run into the woods of gath like but but what now but what now um but in in terms of like you know wrapping things up they they did as best they could i guess for for what they were up against at the end of this at the end of the show um and that's that's basically it um so yeah let's let's uh run through this real quick uh evan did it work yes. for you? It so did. It did so much. I like. Give me more of this show. Who can we pay money I to know. get more of it? Sebastian Stan costs a lot more now. So does Ian McKay. Oh, I know. Yeah. Fucking Marvel I'm, ruined. You could probably for get us. David for next to nothing, though. <laughs> yeah, who even is that guy? <laughs> Ronnie, did it work for you? Oh, it did. It so did. I. I. I I really wish there was a way to bring back even like a mini series just for a little bit of this. Uh, uh, Andy. Yeah, Ronnie. Did it work for you? It really did, man. Uh, I mean, this show, I talked before about the impact it had on me and uh, I don't, I don't know if like I would have been able to come out in the way that I did. And when I did, if not for this show and, uh, I think the theme of be brave now when you've been in the closet your whole life and then you decide like even though I was scared before even though I didn't stand up to the Goliath before I can be brave now is a really empowering theme for you know queer people and uh, I'm sure straight people but uh, I know that idea really impacted me and the show impacted me and it's a damn good show it's, it's just a, a great show. show go watch this show everyone yeah it's good and it means something like there there's meat on this bone it's not just like a show for a show's sake like there's there's so much here there's so much going on there's so much message here there's Um, so much frivolous storytelling out there whether it be from books video games movies television shows and when you come across a, a work that really says something and speaks to you 
and it's worth celebrating. And that that television that we engage with that isn't powerful but still fun, you know, we can still bring a, a light to that and point it out and say, oh, you know, that was a fun show or that was a sh- silly show or that was a dumb show, but, let, you know, watch it because of how dumb it is. But when you find something that really says shit and it, it truly is a work of art, I, I think that should be celebrated. And I'm glad we did Kings on this podcast. And I'm, I'm really glad it held up. I had not watched yeah. it in some time. Also, thank yeah. God the finale was good. I never finished it till now. I didn't want to, but that was a damn good finale. It was. It was. Um, all right. So now, now we have the part where I truly hope that the execs at NBC are listening because we're about to pitch you your season two for the show, Kings. Does anybody want to go first? Uh, I will. Okay. Go ahead, Andy. So, in in the Bible, when this all goes down and, and Saul finally freaks out at David, and David's like, oh shit, Saul has tried to kill me f- like five times now, I need to go. Uh, Jonathan gives David like his bow and uh, a couple other gifts like his cloak and shit, and they express their love for each other and their, you know, friendship and uh david then runs away to the land of the philistines which on the show has been gath and david pretends to be insane for a while and then assembles an army of like bandits and cutthroats and rogues and people like soldiers that believe in him because they fought alongside him when he was like saul's right hand man so he's got, like, the best of the best soldiers. He's got the best, like, outlaws. And he's got the best pirates. And he forms an army. And they just go around the countryside kicking ass like Eomer when Wormtongue, like, makes him an outlaw. And, like, just running around, like, righting wrongs. Like, they're like the fucking A-team. Uh, the TV show, not the movie. And I would say do that. Where, like, Jonathan is in in Saul's camp being like, hey, Saul, like, what if you didn't try and kill David? And you, I heard he was over there. We should go over there and look for David way over there. And, like, trying to protect David from the inside. And David is then, like, trying not to fight Saul because he doesn't want to. But also, like, still trying to lead. And you could do some really compelling shit with that on the show. With, like, David doesn't want to be in this position but at the same time he realizes he has a responsibility to help people and you just have silas like losing his shit trying to find david and you have michelle and jack on the inside trying to throw silas off of david's scent as best they can without tipping their hands too much but uh i'd I'd, like keep it close to the Bible story we have, but just keep changing enough of it that it's fresh and you don't know exactly what's going to happen. And then something else that I would really want is there's a book series called the Lion of War series, which is like a historical fiction fantasy retelling of David's and the story told from like minor characters perspectives. And when you meet one of the characters, he's going by a different name, and then you find out that he's Uriah the Hittite, who is Bathsheba's husband, who David murders so he can bone down with Bathsheba. And you don't realize that's who it is when you first meet him, 
and I'd introduce Uriah under a different name and have the, the audience get attached to him and then slowly reveal that, no, this is actually Uriah and David is going to sleep with that man's wife, impregnate her, and then murder the dude to cover it up and really like show David's shame, um, which the show really hasn't shown yet. And uh, giving David that black mark would be really tragic, just like it was in the Bible. And then what's also great is you can do time jumps, too. Like, for season three, have it jump forward a bunch and have David older and have Solomon as a character and shit. Like, this show could keep going, because you could go from David to Solomon uh, and, like, still call it Kings. And transition from Silas to David to Solomon in really compelling ways each season. But anyway, that, that's my pitch for season two through ten. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even know if there's a point in me presenting a competing theory because that's pretty much just canon. Like, that's pretty much just what's in the Bible. <laughs> it's and literal like, canon. Yeah, like, granted, the the show did make departures, uh, like, from the source material, obviously. Um, but I, like, I really do think the best way forward narratively is to naturally follow what happens in the Bible and just make character updates and modernity updates and just frame it a little bit differently. So, to be honest, I don't know if this is a good polling situation because I pretty much just agree with you. I think that's probably the best way forward. But how about this? What if we went backwards? That's right. We're going to take the same cast, but we're going to do the story of Abraham. And we're going to do the story. Andy, you call me out. You call me out when I miss something. Actually, don't. Just kind of okay. let me run for a little bit. Go for it. Because um, I'm not going to go real in depth. I'm going to bite But it's just tongue. like, uh, let's let's just say Ian McShane is Abraham. And he's 100 years old. And and his, his he's got his newborn son, Isaac. And it's just like him basically clearing out what Gilboa was like him kind of like really founding this land and, and like being, being, you know, when, when we could do a lot of things with the butterflies where the butterflies first appear, they first come to God first comes to Abraham and, and lets him know like, this is going to be the plan for a while here. Um, and then like, there's really intense stuff with, with like Sarah who can be played by, um, david's mom um and and there's like david could be isaac i guess i don't know but so what you're what you're proposing is basically the formula they do with american horror story where they use the same actors to tell uh, a different story with each season like yes same actors play completely different characters to to create a different story each season Yes, and it would be you would have a lot of parallels between like the characters that they play in Kings season one and the characters they would play in Kings season two. Go ahead, Andy. Um, I'm going to suggest a merger of ideas, if you will. Instead of okay. having the same cast play different characters and telling like the same story of like Israel, but at an earlier point in history. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, in the Bible, Saul goes to the witch of Endor to bring up Samuel's spirit, because, spoiler, Samuel dies at one point. And um, uh, 
the ghost of Samuel is like, Saul, we've been over this. You keep fucking up. Like, David's king. Like, just let it go. <laughs> and uh, Saul is like, I'm going to keep doing black magic till this works. And the witch vendor is like, oh, shit, you're Saul. Uh, anywho, what if you have Silas kind of losing his grip and, like, turning to history books and, like, mm-hmm. looking for an answer there and, like, yeah. digging through Gilboa's past? And instead of setting it in ancient times set it in Gilboa in the 40s, Gilboa right, in the 50s. Right. That's, and like that's what I'm looking Telling for, these yeah. stories, but like kind of uh, Legend of Korra it when she sees the story of the first ever Avatar where mm-hmm. like it, they do like different animation and it's a different cast for it. Where like, I don't know, make it black and white and have a different cast as Silas is digging for these answers and like just right. do little snippets and scenes of it. But still keep that focus on Silas, David, Jack, Michelle, Rose, all duking it out politically. I'm into that. I'm into that. It's important that I say that my season would have been called Kings, colon, Covenant. Oh. Because um, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, um, that's, that's solid. Just, I think about, like, the clear, like, the, you know, the the damning of, like, Sodom and Gomorrah. And, of you know, we wouldn't use, like, the historical representation of Sodom and Gomorrah. But, like, just that idea of, like, there's bad stuff going on here, and God's like, eventually, you'll be the one who, like, ushers it forth. Your line will usher it forth into it being good again, um, was what I was kind of liking. But I like I like that. I like kind of, like, some some 40s Gilboa throwbacks to a, to a, a different time. I'm into it. These are good ideas. I, See, this I, is... I like I don't the idea, think- too, of, like greasers and shit yeah yeah i don't know like noah's a greaser or something yeah (laughs) just like (laughs) you gotta get two socias and two greasers on this boat um yeah i don't even know if if we pull this one out two of each gang two pink ladies (laughs) two warriors two heshers um yeah, Two of I, the baseball furies. I haven't seen the Warriors. Is it's it a good, good movie? Shit. Should I see the Warriors? It's the story of 300, but told in by like 80 street gangs. Yeah, I don't even like. I don't even know if we have to put this up to a poll as much as we need to like really flush it out, put yeah. it in an envelope, and send it off to 30 Rockefeller Plaza like this instant. All I know is that if we have like any Bible nerds that listen to this podcast. They loved this last like fifteen minute span. <laughs> they 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 really dug it. Well, it'd um, just be so compelling to yeah, like agree, see the whole story of the three first kings. No, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, and like this cast is rad. This cast is so fucking good. Go back in time. Make this cast sign a contract a long time ago uh, when they were cheap. I don't think he, I don't even think at that point Ian McShane was cheap. Like I think no, he just I'm like sure wanted something wasn't. to do that wasn't like theater in London. Um, but yeah. I mean, what a meaty role they gave him. Of course he wanted it. Right, Probably read yeah. the first script oh, yeah. and was like, "I'm going to own this." Everybody, such potential for everybody in this script, and and some people took advantage of it, like Sebastian Stan and Ian McShane, and some people didn't. Like whoever played David, the fact that we've been calling him <laughs> David this entire time says volumes. Um. But that, I think that's Kings. Any, I think we did it. Any house And I'm sad that we did it. But, uh, but yeah, we, we, we did it. I don't, let me double check on housekeeping. Um, 
do you want to do we want to give a little bit of a a uh, appetizer for what we are going to next Ooh. okay just real quick drunk smallville is coming yes i got i got a little bit of a promotion at work and i've been adjusting to the fact that i'm now an opener and wake up balls early but like i'm gonna get drunk one of these days and review smallville it's coming it's happening you it's not even it. like you're busy. It's just that you can't get that drunk. Yeah, it's not just, you just I'm can't just get exhausted. that drunk. Have to yeah. be you're also probably very busy. And... I don't want to take that away from you, but yes. Trust, uh, no. trust me when I say that the Smallville thing is coming. Andy has been furiously typing notes. I've I've <laughs> witnessed it. <laughs> so at, at, at this point, I'm just like cutting my hand and, and drawing my notes and blood on the walls, like. You are that gif of, of Charlie. Charlie, just like, Trump. Smallville! Did you hear about the, I don't know who it is, but apparently there's an actress from Smallville. Oh, Allison Mackey, I'm going to fucking yeah. talk about it. She got arrested for being in a sex cult. Yeah. She was branding people with her initials and then blackmailing them with oh. her dirty sex tapes that they filmed. That's it no was good. terrible, yeah. It was really yeah. bad. Like, Anything. really weird, dark shit. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll get a deep dive on. She her was soon, on the show The Following, which was about a cult, and it starred Kevin Bacon, and it was really great, and it only lasted a single season. Mm, it's typecasting. It's typecasting, I guess. <laughs> we might have to cover The Following at some point. Mm. Evan, yes. The Following is way too spooky. Evan, <laughs> what are we doing next? Next, we're doing the quest, which is not like a song that's in the show. I just got really excited. And I had to do it in like. If this was a musical challenge, like live action role play show, I I would I would fly to wherever it's being filmed and start <laughs> shooting episode two th- or season two this second. Uh, no, what the quest is, it is a like reality competition show, but it's a LARP reality competition show. So the contestants are immersed in this elaborate set that the showmakers have built that looks like sort of a fantasy castle. They are sleeping in, like, dormitories. They are in full garb. Uh, the the people who would normally function as, like, the hosts and the judges are all characters in this fantasy narrative. And uh, much like with any competition show, somebody gets eliminated each time and the winner gets something i don't know what it is a castle probably what i think is really compelling about this show is that how they frame it in the narrative is that like only the true hero of destiny can can be the winner uh because prophecy and so they're actually, like, eliminating the least worthy people each time. Mm-hmm. Whereas in, like, Survivor, which I love, and, you know, the dude who created Survivor created the quest. Um, you're eliminating the people that you think can beat you. Where in this, people are like, I lost, I felt the prophecy, vote me out. Like, because they get fucking into it. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's 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 weirdly compelling. It, it's good shit. They're invested in it enough that they... They like, want Sir Ansgar to believe in them. They re- Yeah, they really care more about, like, being the best than about, like, getting whatever monetary prize there is. Like, they're really invested in this LARP, and it's awesome. 
I have no emotions or feelings about this. I know nothing about it. I'm very excited it's a to lot, jump in with It's both a lot feet. of fun. It's really weird. It is more fun while you're drinking. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. I've got a bottle of bourbon that I've been <laughs> nipping at. Um, so that, that'll be, uh, that'll be starting next week. Maybe we will have some guests. No, yeah, we uh, have. no promises, no guarantees, but we, we were hoping to have some guests on for our quest for some guests for quests. Um, we, we know some people uh, who are questies, so to speak. Yeah. And if you want to be a guest, email us at pendingpod at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter, pendingpod, at pendingpod. Uh, on Facebook at Pending Pod, on Instagram at Ending Pending. I think that's it. Leave us a review on iTunes. That really helps us out. We haven't got one of those in a very long time, um, and and I don't want to let Andy loose on the fan base again because I feel I, like that's that's why we plateaued originally. Yeah, Viciously. we just haven't had any new friends of the. We haven't had any new family members. The Ending Pending family, and I and I, I, I like I like having a nice small intimate family, but there's always room to grow, and I'd like like to have you a part of my family. I want to be famous. Also, yeah, I also want to be famous. With the quest, um, every so often there's rumors that it's coming back for a season two. Uh, so we got to get it now, it, just in uh, case. <laughs> it it just got re-released on, was it CBS? Who did the quest? CBS? I, I'm not sure. That sounds right. Wh- whoever the fuck did the quest just put it all back up on their website, free to, to stream. And so everyone's talking like, does this mean season two? If it does well, will we get season two? I don't know if Mark Burnett wants it. I'm sure he can get whatever he wants. He, the, the dude is rich as hell. But um, you know, maybe if people start watching the Quest and and they they enjoy our podcast and they decide to check out the Quest, we might get a season two of it, which would be pretty rad. And we would, you know, take a 25 percent credit. I would just like to be like the Quest after show, like the after <laughs> the final two, I would, show. I would fucking absolutely do a. Quest season two podcast uh, after yeah. show the, the oh, talking quests the, like yeah. where we just talk oh, about we need a good name for it <laughs> um yeah oh let's do a really good job these next four episodes and make sure that CBS knows how good we are mm-hmm. uh and we can sneak in we can sneak into this quote unquote CBS because none of us quote unquote to CBS look it up. enter enter network here um but uh but yeah i'm going to cut it off there cuz this is by far our longest episode to date but we just love kings and i think we're going to love quest uh, uh and we're, quest. we're 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 never ever doing that firefly show never